welcome to the Cary Church Podcast. For more information regarding Cary Church, visit www.cary.asn.au. Good morning, church. This morning's reading, uh, Bible reading, <coughs> is out of the New uh, International Version, and it's Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my innermost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits. He forgives all my diseases and heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things, so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate. And gracious. He's slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant And remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. And his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels. You mighty ones who do his bidding and obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts. You his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Amen. Morning, church. How are we? That's good. So I'm sorry that um, 
Bond's not here this morning. I was actually looking forward to hearing her. I'd rather listen to her than me. And so for those that came under false pretenses, I apologise. You have to forgive me, though, because that's what we're speaking about this morning, forgiveness. And uh, so if you're still harbouring a bit of resentment towards me now, see how you are at the end of the sermon and see whether I was in any way effective. Um, hey, before we start, I just want to touch briefly on what Pete was talking about at the associate pastor role. We're really blessed to be, have someone in pastoral leadership that is not just about fixing a problem, but wants to sit and wait and get a sense from the Lord about what he's doing. Let me tell you in that role, it's easier to just say, well, I need it, it's hard, let's just step in and, and do something. Um, but I'm really grateful that God's called someone like Pete, who's prepared to just sit and wait in the messy middle, waiting to see how God moves. We're blessed with that. But it's a hard place to sit. So can I invite you and encourage you to be praying for him, with him, for us as God is at work and enable us as a community just to continue to keep in step with his Holy Spirit and wait and see what God does. God always provides people. <coughs> um, there's a big deficit between Von and I, so I'm just going to pray that God will fill that and uh, move anyway. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your scriptures. I thank you for the gift of your word. I thank you for the gift of your presence. I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Lord, breathe life into your word today for us. Lord, change our hearts. Reveal your glory and your goodness to us today. Amen. Hey, um, Psalm 103, there's a bit in there about forgiveness. And, um, but Psalm 103 is just this beautiful, orientating psalm. It's, it, the writer is saying, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. It ends with a call again to himself to bless the Lord and to join with all the heavenly host to bless the Lord. And then it talks about the nature and character and activity of God. And as we, as we consider this issue of forgiveness today, it's this wonderful reframing of perspective. Perspective is critical. The angle at which we view things is critical. I don't know whether you spent any time in Fremantle this summer, but you may, if you've been walking around some of the areas, you may have noticed some strange yellow lines. Did anyone notice the strange yellow lines written on a couple of buildings? Well, they, they seem quite random. They're curved, and there's one here, and then there's one over there, and it, one assumes without knowledge that it's some sort of dramatic, abstract piece of art that frankly has little regard for the historical nature of some of the buildings. And it all seems a bit weird unless, unless you are standing on the eastern side of the Roundhouse Museum because if you're standing and looking out from that, this is what you will see. See, when you've got the right perspective, you start to understand the beauty and the magic in what the artist intended. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of random yellow lines. And as we speak about forgiveness today, I want to put us in a place, in a perspective from a viewpoint where we can start to capture the beauty of what God is speaking of 
in this context. The first place we need to start, it's always a good idea, is with God. And one of the things that we need to understand deeply about God is that God is forgiveness. It is part of his nature and his character. You can kill that now a bit. Thanks. <coughs> it's part of his nature and his character. We don't need to extract forgiveness from God. We, we don't need to try and persuade him to forgive. It oozes out of him. It is integral to his being. God always is the initiator. It's never us. If we read the scriptures carefully, we see this over and over again. Despite the fact that it was us, the created beings, that sinned against God, it is always God that is stepping in. It is God that called Abraham. It is God that called Moses. It is God that chose to love the Israelites. In Exodus we read, I didn't love your people because they were a great nation. They were actually the least significant out of the nation. I loved you because I chose to you and then called you out of Egypt. In John chapter 3, verse 16, we read, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Now, he didn't do that because we, we got a good petition going and say, hey, have a think about us. How about some forgiveness here? We didn't do that because we were being particularly good at that point in time. He didn't do that because we deserved it. He didn't do that because we'd somehow persuaded him with the right words and some earnestness to say, hey, how about some compassion? He did that because that is who he is. God has forgiveness as an integral part of who he is. It flows out of him like a river. And if we start with forgiveness anywhere else, this is causing problems. Can you hear me? There you go. If we start from anywhere else, lucky it was at a passionate point and no one would have heard me. If we start anywhere other than the idea that forgiveness is part of God, it's not something we have to extract, it's something that he initiates, we'll get it wrong. The other thing, the second point, firstly, God is forgiveness, it's his nature and character. The second part is we need to hold God at the centre of our consideration of forgiveness. And we're actually not very good at that because we like to be at the centre of our consideration of anything. We do. The world's about me. Well, it can't be because it's about you, according to you. How quickly do we move in thinking about forgiveness to questions like, well, I, I don't know whether I can be forgiven or I, I, do I need to repent or is my repentance adequate? Am I really forgiven? Or what about the person that needs to forgive me? They, or, or do I need to... All of a sudden, we're talking about me and I. We've got the wrong perspective. There is a place for repentance. There is a place for us to be engaged in forgiveness, but if it's focused upon ourselves, we're starting from the wrong point. 
Forgiveness is primarily Godness. It's something of his nature and character that flows out of him. And we always respond. We always respond. If it's starting to, if we're at the center of the picture, we've got it wrong. The second thing, or the third thing we need to understand about forgiveness is that we, as followers of Jesus, are forgivers. We are forgivers. That's our nature and our character and our identity because our identity is in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. The old has gone, the new is here. Our call, our character, our nature as followers of Jesus is to forgive. That is our identity. But here's the thing about identity. My identity stands whether I feel it or not. My identity stands whether I'm acting in it or not. Meghan Markle, the other Saturday, woke up and she was not a royal. And she went to bed a royal. Her identity had changed. I don't know whether she felt particularly different. She probably felt pretty tired, I would have thought. I don't know whether she felt any different, but her identity had changed. And the question then is whether she is going to live out of the identity that she then has, whether she is going to act as a royal. See, our identity in Christ has been bestowed upon us and it does not alter with our changing mood or behaviour. There are times, we are called to be Christ-like. We are formed in him and there are times, believe it or not, I know you'll be shocked, I don't feel particularly Christ-like. There are sometimes I don't act particularly Christ-like, but that doesn't change the nature of my identity. My identity is in Christ. My life is is in Christ and therefore I am a forgiver. I am a forgiver. I am empowered and charged with the privilege of ministering reconciliation between God and humans and between myself and other humans. That is what we do. That is who we are because Christ is within us. And you are forgiving. You are forgiving people as followers of Jesus. That is your identity. That is your call. That is your true nature and your character. It doesn't rest on us, but we do need to step into it. Have you been stepping into it? I'm a runner. You might think you don't look like a runner. But I I, I love to run. When I'm fit, there's nothing better than having something playing and just get into that rhythmical run and sort of life dissipates and and it's, it's fantastic. But I haven't run for a number of years and the other day I put on my running shoes to actually run rather than just walk around. And I ran about two kilometres. And I can tell you from the beginning to the end of that two kilometres, I did not feel like a runner. It, I was stiff when I started, I was exhausted when I finished, I was even stiffer when I finished. And it was only two k's. When I'm, when I'm running well, knocking off 10 k's is nothing. I enjoy it. I did not feel like a runner, but the interesting thing is all of the muscles and tendons and ligaments and bones that I use when I'm running fit were still there. 
They may have looked a little bit different, but I hadn't lost any of them in number. Everything I needed was still there. I just needed to activate and start to run. Our identity is in Christ, but we have a responsibility and a role to step in and start to run. If we are forgivers, we need to forgive. We need to put our shoes on and step into that which God has called us to. That's how we become match fit. There is nothing else that we need. Everything we need has been given to us. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got Christ's identity. We just need to start stepping out and forgiving. As unfamiliar as it may be at first, we need to continue with the actions that cooperate with God's work transforming us into his likeness he is at work in you making you marvelous loving forgiving people but we need to put our shoes on and we need to step into that you and I by sharing God's nature are forgivers have you stepped into it have you allowed his forgiving heart to beat in yours and to transform you? Have you trusted God with the sometimes terrifying prospect of actually forgiving someone who has hurt you, someone close, an enemy, someone who has hurt you or betrayed you or hurt someone that you love? Have you stepped into that? Because that is who you are called to be. Is it time to put your running shoes on? We are called to forgive And we must. We must. But I think this is often where, again, if we don't hold the right perspective, we can come a little unstuck. You see, the scripture says, we must forgive so that a heavenly father will forgive us. And if again we hold a perspective that I'm at the center of this, well, I've got to forgive because if I don't forgive, he's not going to forgive me, so... All right, Pete, I forgive you. Are you happy now? Can I? It doesn't seem to be a lot of life there. We also know that forgiveness is actually good for us. Secular writers are tapping into this. Vonnie actually said that there are more books, secular books written on forgiveness at the moment, than there are Christian books being written. Why? Because they understand that forgiveness is good for you. They understand that bitterness and resentment corrodes our soul. Someone said that, that unforgiveness is is the poison that we drink hoping that the other person's going to suffer. Forgiveness is good for us. What are they tapping into? Is it true? Yeah, it is. But why? See, the reason we flourish, the reason unforgiveness is bad for us, the reason we are benefited for, for, for by forgiveness is that we were created for community. We were created for intimate, passionate, vibrant, free community with God and with each other. In John chapter 17, Jesus is praying for his disciples. And in verses 20 to 23, he moves on to pray not only for his disciples. And he said, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Friends, that's us. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we 
are one. I and them and you and me. So that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and love them even as you've loved me. Can you get your head around that? We are to be one as God and Jesus are one. Us in him and he in us. God is doing something extraordinary. God is reconciling the whole world to himself. God is redeeming his purpose for humanity to be combined and connected and in unity and community with him. And unforgiveness gets in the road of that. It breaks that. Remember, we God, forgiveness is of God. We respond to that. It is our, our character because of our Christ-likeness. But if I say, well, I'm going to forgive you because actually I'll be better off if I do. I'm going to forgive because holding on to resentment just will corrode me and I'll be happier and freer if I forgive you. So actually, I don't give a stuff about you. I'm just concerned about me. Or I, I, I'm going to have to forgive you because otherwise God's not going to forgive me. There is nothing loving or generous or open about that. There is something more beautiful that is going on. And that is God is calling humanity. He is calling the body of Christ and humanity through the body of Christ back into intimate community and relationship with him. Friends, can you see the difference? If we approach forgiveness without God being at the center of it, then we'll come up with a tardy, selfish, self-absorbed and mediocre picture of what God is seeing. It's like walking around Fremantle, seeing lines but missing the beauty of what God is doing. Forgiveness is a gift flowing out of the nature and character of God in which he seeks to draw all of humanity back into relationship with himself because he knows that's what we are created for. And we participate that in that by gifting forgiveness to one another because that is who we are and that is what God is doing. Another aspect of forgiveness that we need to hold on to, it's of the nature of character of God. It's always initiated by God. We've got to hold God in the center of the picture and we need to understand why we do it. We do it because he does it. We do it because it's our call and our nature and our character. We do it because we participate in something beautiful God is doing. But there is another problem with forgiveness. And there's, let's say there's a path going down the middle that we're meant to walk. And we can flip off on either side of that path. The one side of the path we can flip off is to say, well, I, I don't really need forgiveness. I'm actually pretty good. I'm jolly impressed with myself. Thank you very much. And, and or, or if... if if you're not a follower of Jesus, you can say, you can't, you can't tell me that I'm not okay. You, you can't tell me that, that, that I, I'm, I'm inadequate or that I need something else. And, and we do that when we're not followers of Jesus, but we do it when we're followers of Jesus. We pretend. We say, well, I'm, I'm actually pretty good. They need forgiveness, but I, I'm doing pretty well. Thank you very much. The Bible talks a lot about forgiveness, and that's because we need it. Spiritual maturity, folks, spiritual maturity is not getting to the point where we no longer sin, and not getting to the point where actually, I'm pretty jolly impressive. 
spiritual maturity is moving to the point where more deeply as I walk with a holy and intimate God, I realize just how broken my heart is. And I become softer to the the drawing of his spirit to turn away. C.S. Lewis said, when the saints say they are vile, they speak with scientific accuracy. What is he saying? He's saying, as we get to know our hearts, we get to know our hearts as we walk in more intimacy with God. And as we do, we see its brokenness and its selfishness and its corruption. We see the way we try and posture and hide. We see the way we try and impress people. We see the way our heart longs after all sorts of things other, for, other than God. And we realize, oh, I need, to forgive. I need God's forgiveness. And that's where we're called to repent. Now, again, repentance is not a particularly attractive word these days. We don't like to talk about sin and repentance. But repentance actually means to turn around, to change direction. It's not this thing we manufacture, I'm repenting, and if I've got it right with the right tone, I shall be bequested with forgiveness. No, it's simply turning around. And when we find, as we walk in a way of repentance, as we walk, we turn around, we look, and we see a God with arms outstretched, saying, you are mine. See, the repentance is important because we want to live independently from God. We do all sorts of stuff that is inconsistent with the way God has made us. And we're facing this way, saying... Yeah, repentance is important, but what idiot would repent to an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-sovereign God unless he knew he was forgiving? What bunny would do that? No one. You did what? Smite! Bang! Cloud of dust. No. It is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. We hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, Dave, what are you doing? And I have a choice. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I've preached on stuff. I've preached on here having a voice about not being critical. And and I recall halfway through preparing the sermon, man, some people really need that. I thought, oh, Lord, forgive me. Our spiritual journey to spiritual maturity is not getting to the point where we do not need to repent. It is understanding that we are constantly in need of God's forgiveness and we were created to walk in it. And when we turn around, there is a God who said, I loved you so much that I gave your son. He's a God that can be trusted. But we need to turn around. Some days I don't need to. Some days I do really well and I don't sin. And then I open my eyes and stretch and get out of bed. And before I've got my shoes on, my head's thinking about something and I think, oh Lord, God takes us on a journey and that journey is to himself. And it's a beautiful journey because he's always standing behind us saying, turn around, come to me. So that's the one mistake we can do on the, the other side of the path. We can do as, oh, God, well, yeah, that's good, but God couldn't forgive me. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't love me. He couldn't, that, he, he, he couldn't forgive me. He'd, I know what I've done. I know what's inside. I mean, if you think about it, that's pretty arrogant. 
I mean, who do you think you are to think that you're good enough to commit a sin that God can't forgive? I mean, you know. But I, I want to be gentle here, folks. You need to hear that God's forgiveness is for you. Full stop. His forgiveness is absolute and total and redemptive and it is for you. God's love is for you. Full stop. No conditions. He demonstrated that on the cross. And if you've been in a place where you've been believing that God can't forgive me, I can't receive that, God can't love me, friends, you need to turn around and see who's behind you. Because it is God with his arms out saying, come to me. I love you. I forgive you. Come to me. We can get all caught up with forgiveness. And most of the problems that we encounter is because we bring ourselves at the center of the picture. And it's limited by the extent to we can repent or it's, it's limited by the fact that God couldn't love me or it's obligation or it's self-benefit. There is an artwork that God is crafting in the world that is intimately and powerfully more transformative and beautiful than a bunch of random lines stuck around the place, a bunch of rules we need to obey. God is reconciling the world to himself. He is drawing a community of people that are forgivers. And if we are going to live in community, if we are going to be known for our love for one another, I'm going to tick you off and you're going to need to forgive me because that's who you are. And believe it or not, you're going to tick me off and we're going to rub each other on the wrong way. And if we are to be the people that God has called us to be, we need to put our running shoes on and step into the beauty of forgiveness, not because it benefits me, but because it's who I am and I get to participate in something beautiful that God is doing. Let's get a proper perspective on this subject. Sin is a problem. Repentance is needed. Turning around into the hands of a loving God is needed. There is something bigger going on. So we're going to stop in a moment. We're just going to pray. And I, I just want to take a moment for you to be quiet with God. Are there places where God is calling you to put your running shoes on? And to say, you're a forgiver, I want you to forgive. Just take this step. I am working in you. I will empower you. But we have to put the shoes on and start running the pavement. Is there a place where you have not been open to the possibility that God forgives you, that God loves you? It's time to turn around and see the hands of a Savior outstretched that says, I love you. Just take a moment. Listen to what God is speaking. He always speaks. Spirit, we thank you that you draw us into life. 
Lord Jesus, you came that we might have life and have it in abundance. Lord, I thank you that everything you do is more beautiful than we comprehend. It's bigger and more marvelous. Lord, I thank you for this message to draw us back to yourself. And Lord, that we might participate in your reconciling work in this world. Lord Jesus, for those areas in our life that you are touching to bring healing or redemption, where you're calling us into our true identity as forgivers, Lord, would you not let us not get our shoes out of the cupboard? Would you call us to put them on and step forward in our identity as forgivers and build up our capacity Lord Jesus, you died on a cross looking at the people that crucified you and said, Lord God, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Lord, we want to be able to forgive like that. Lord, I thank you that you speak. Continue to work your purposes out in us, I pray. Lord Jesus, amen.